Ciao fam, and welcome back to More Than a Meal podcast. It's Nils here, and if you guys know me at all, you probably know I have a huge passion for bread. I love eating bread, I love making bread, I love the smell of bread. <laughs> guess it's a little weird. Uh, but yeah, no, bread's really awesome. And Daryl and Marty of Sunrise Flour Mill also happen to adore bread. And I guess specifically, they love the flour that is made to make bread. Um, they've been in the business for quite a few uh, years now, but in the last year, their business has just exploded with popularity as everyone starts making bread at home and making all sorts of other kinds of treats. So we had a really great conversation sitting down to chat with them about both where their business is and also where their personal journeys have been over the last few years. It's really great. I think you guys will really enjoy it. If you are at all interested about Sunrise Flower, I suggest you check them out. Um, you can either just Google Sunrise Flour Mill or go to their website at sunriseflourmill.com. They got a lot of different products on there, all sorts of different types of flours and pastas. Um, you can also find them at a few different uh, co-ops across Minneapolis uh, and Twin Cities area. Personally, I got them at uh, Wiseacre Eatery. So plenty of options. Check them out. They're cool. And without further ado, here is Daryl and Marty. start us off here, uh, Daryl and Marty, do you guys want to just kind of give a brief introduction of who you guys are and then also uh, what makes Sunrise just so fantastic? There's <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of things, obviously. <laughs> okay, well, so I don't know. Do you want me to go back to the beginning of like yeah. Yeah, the let's story? Hear that. Oh, yeah, let's <laughs> Okay, so uh we moved out to North Branch from the cities when we retired about 15 years ago. And Daryl had already always done all of our cooking and he wanted to start baking because we had traveled a lot and we had fabulous bread in Europe and we couldn't get that kind of bread here. And so he tried and tried and tried and it wasn't turning out very well. And um, he got a little hand mixer, um, uh, hand flour mill and that it got a little better than but it still wasn't great. And so we were milling flour and developing a pizza recipe all at the same time. So we were eating a lot of bread stuff. And uh, Gerald was getting sicker and sicker and sicker and uh, went to a lot of doctors, a lot of over-the-counter stuff, never really a diagnosis. Went to Mayo Clinic twice nothing different from there came back after the second time there met some friends at buka and you know the size of their portions oh, yeah yeah well <laughs> Gerald was pretty hungry that night so he ate a lot of pasta and bread and he was really Reasonable. sick yeah. yeah oh boy yeah. so you know we'd we'd been at mill city farmers market for two or three years and you know we had done okay but so many people were saying i have gluten intolerance i can't talk to you so uh, we kind of thought it was a fad. And then he started thinking, maybe there's something to this gluten intolerance thing. So we went gluten-free that day. 
within two days, he was better. And within about two months, he was kind of back to his, his old self. He had been sleeping, sitting up for a year because he had such bad acid reflux. And he had sinus problems and all kinds of things. So anyway, long story short, we couldn't eat gluten-free very long. Um, our favorite our favorite Julia Child quote is, how can a nation be great if its bread tastes like Kleenex? <laughs> that's, ex that's exactly what we thought that gluten-free bread tasted like. So, so Daryl spent a lot of time researching and talking to people. And that's how we got started with uh, heritage wheat, turkey red specifically, made all the difference in the world to him and to me because I didn't have any expectations, but I had a lot of inflammation and I'd had to give up knitting because my thumb joints were so sore and um, that all went away. So um, that was about 10 years ago and it's been sort of a slow, plodding, steady rise until COVID hit and then it just went out of sight. Nobody could find wheat. We had no. we mm -hmm. had wheat when nobody else did, and then they discovered that they could eat it without having and you know feeling bloated afterwards or mm -hmm. whatever. And so here we are today. I um, just counted up today. I had to send payroll in. Um, we have not counting Daryl and me and our general manager, we have 17 employees. Wow. That's awesome. And, Holy cow. You guys are big. All, you're growing. Yeah. Well, full How many? Full and part-time, part but that's all okay, been still. in the last eight months. Yeah. How many did you have before the pandemic? Daryl and me and our general manager. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Holy moly. <laughs> so this, yeah. is, this has kind of been a positive for you guys, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's you sad know, circumstances, there has but to be a silver lining that, you for know, sure. that is the silver lining. So, huh. yeah. Interesting. And so then how did you guys get that awareness of, I mean, obviously like, I don't, I bake uh, myself and <laughs> there was that point where you couldn't find flour anywhere and you couldn't find <laughs> yeast. So like, how were you? And I found out about you guys back when you were at Mill City Farmer's Market. So how were you yeah. attracting those new customers, you know? Were they we just, were just searching? Lucky. We were just lucky that COVID. Had, you know, see, I oh yeah, that. I keep forgetting. Please, um, <laughs> no worries. We were just lucky that when when COVID hit, we were positioned right with our suppliers that we had a we had a real good supply of wheat, and uh, it was just a you know a fortunate time timing. I mean, we we've developed our farm contacts over ten years of, of farmers that grow heritage wheat. So we had a good network of people and um, they kept us supplied. It was great. Wow. And where are these farms located? You know, some of them are in Kansas and, and Nebraska mostly. And it's, it's mostly because Turkey Red really does not like Minnesota weather very well. I'm just afraid, you know, it needs a little drier climate. Yeah. So the Dakotas and, and uh, uh, um, uh, Kansas and Nebraska are, are really where, where it grows the best. Interesting. Uh, yeah, especially the western parts of those states that are close to Colorado. They're almost high desert. Gotcha. <laughs> In fact, yeah. one year, one year, one of our suppliers, a big supplier, had eight inches of rain, and he had the best crop he ever had. 
Wow. <laughs> can you can you guys help me understand just as like I'm not knowledgeable at all about flour and wheat. What is the difference between the types of heritage wheat, if I said that correctly? Like, how do you guys distinguish yeah. between turkey red and white Sonora and all those other types, if there are more? Mm-hmm. Well, those are those are all varieties of heritage wheat. <laughs> okay. And, and turkey red and white Sonora, they've never been hybrid. And that's the key. Okay, so they're, they're the original plant. And, uh, and uh, we, 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 we tend to think that the hybriding made wheat less digestible. And that's part of the problem with, with the digestion problems. And so modern wheat has been di- hybrid over and over again for yield only. That was our only goal. And uh, they, they did increase the yield tremendously, but it made it much more difficult to digest. So, uh, so we, we look for, you know, heritage wheat, original varieties. Interesting. Gotcha. Like you said, white Sonora and, uh, and uh, Turkey Red and uh, Red Fife is, is another one. And there's more of them that we yet to be uncovered, I think. We, we just have to, to learn about them, you know? Mm-hmm. When people look for like ancient grains, for example, that's a term that a lot of people use. Uh, if you Google that, you're going to find spelt, emmer, and einkorn. Those are kind of the big three. Mm-hmm. Um, we Daryl gets us sick from moder- from American spelt as he does from modern wheat. Mm-hmm. Um, emmer and einkorn, he doesn't get sick from, but we like the way the turkey red bakes better. It mm-hmm. bakes a little lighter. Um, and then when we discovered the type of mill that we have, now we mill whole wheat flour that is as fine as white. So you can bake a whole wheat loaf of bread that has some height to it instead of being flat. And Is that your bread blend that you're referring to? That no. That, that's, part, that's part of the whole wheat, part whole wheat, part white. Okay. And the whole wheat is the very fine whole wheat that we mill. Okay. So and, we have a whole wheat and we have a whole wheat pastry flour. Okay. Because then uh, my understanding too is that what makes you guys different uh, compared to a lot of the uh, organic and commercial flours out there is A, obviously the organic and non-GMO wheat that you use. But then there's also that whole, uh, you have like the ultra fine impact milling and yeah. It, yeah. Uh, you don't even have to sift it or anything like that. And so right. it right. is. I don't know. I guess my question is just how uh, unique is that in the marketplace and how did you guys decide to go that direction? Well, that whole wheat flour is quite unique because most, most artisan mills are stone ground and it does a good job, but it doesn't grind it nearly as fine as, as the impact mill does because the impact mill is basically shattering it and, uh, and, and, and instead of grinding it. And uh, so it gets, so it, the value of it is that it hydrates a lot better and, and get and, and makes a, a lighter loaf of bread because it's so fine. And uh, that's, that's, that's the desirability of, of the, of the, of the fine whole wheat. So when yeah. we were looking to put in our own mill, um, we were, we were, we went to Sweden and Denmark because Daryl had kind of pinpointed the mill that he thought he wanted. It was a stone mill. So we went, we visited some mills that were about the size of ours and they were using this machine and 
So he came home and he likes to say if he had been 20 years younger, he would have pulled the trigger and bought it right then because mm -hmm. he was a little more impulsive. But there was something that was <laughs> keeping him from buying that mill. And so it was a couple of years, I oh, think, a year, so a year or so later. And he happened to find this unifying mill. And it mm -hmm. was a mill that was around at the turn of the 1900s. And it it had some value. People were starting to use it. And then everybody wanted white roller milled flour. And so it kind of went by the wayside. And a few years ago, the great nephew of the man who uh, originated it found it in a shed somewhere and he took it to Washington State University and had it retooled and um, here it is. Yeah. Wow. So we're one of five. Yeah. One of the five that's in the country. That's crazy. That's wow. cool. <laughs> that is amazing. That's, not, uh, that's, that's three or four years ago. Now that uh, we've got successful, five successful mills using the, the, the mill, they're starting to manufacture them again. And they've got another run of 10 mills, I think, now that they're mm. making. Mm. And so you'll see more of them uh, as time goes by. Mm. Gotcha. Which is all good. I guess my question is, and this is going back a ways, where did this really start for you guys? Because I know you were struggling with digestive issues and being able to eat delicious breads and enjoy it. And it was making you not feel good. But where, I guess like, did you always have a passion to want to start your own business or what really drove you? Like, like, I don't know when you retired, were you guys like, let's just start our own thing. Like what really like, was the turning point where you were like, Oh, this, we like to create homemade bread. Cause it makes us feel good. Let's expand. I don't know. Kind of what was that turning point? Yeah, it was about four or five years ago. And we just decided we either had to get out or we had to go bigger. And so we would kind of run by people, well, maybe, maybe we're done doing this. And no, no, you can't, you can't. Did it just start, so it just started very small, you guys making batches oh, yeah. and breads for people? Yeah. yeah, you know, in the garage kind of thing. Okay. I, I come from, um, from owning my own business. So I'm, I'm used to entrepreneurial opportunities. But we just slowly got sucked into this one. <laughs> well, it's good that you did. <laughs> I mean, slowly, and then you know the, the tempo turned up a little bit in the last yeah. few months. <laughs> There's no other way of explaining it. I don't think you know. We just uh, uh, it, it kind of took a hold of us and drug us in. Yeah. Was it very trial and error in the beginning? I mean, uh, if I was doing it, I feel like I would have messed up a bunch of batches of bread and all this stuff. <laughs> Oh. Well, the trial and error part about it is the milling part because mills are all large, as you know, mm -hmm. nowadays. And so if you build a flour mill, you're kind of on your own in terms of the machinery you're going to use to, 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 to handle the flour and mill the flour, move the flour, package the flour. It's all small scale compared to what's going on in the world. Yeah. So there's a lot of trial and error and a lot of hit and miss, believe me. <laughs> So we, uh, we decided about four or five years ago that we, we were going to go big and we, there was a building in North Branch that became available at a reasonable price. And so we bought it and we laughed and said, what are we ever going to do with all this space? It was 5,000 square feet. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And, 
And right now we're we're bursting at the seams. So wow. uh, we used to call it the bowling alley. It's, that's it's, awesome. So yeah. what does that look like, I guess, in production um, these days? Because I'm not, again, I'm not very knowledgeable on how that looks for you guys because you need to wait for the wheat to come in, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what does that look like these days for you? Well, you know, there's been a lot of trial and error in the last eight months because mm-hmm. we've grown pretty fast and have had to pivot a lot of times. We have a great general manager who uh, has a background in online sales. Plus he just knows a lot. He's about 50 years younger than we are, and which is really good. And, uh, and he's, he's done a, a really great job um, in knowing how to do this and set it up and how mm-hmm. to do everything make the machines work done. keep the yeah. machines working do all those sorts of things yeah. so we have a great general manager <clears throat> we have a great production manager uh, a young young woman that that um, is able to lead a lot of part-time high school kids which that we use for for packing and filling and she does a great job with them and we've got a great shipping department that's headed up by a fellow that that, that, that can push the, or- the orders out the door. And that, that's, what, that's what he does. I mean, I, I was, was in there today at two o'clock and I said, uh, Parker, what, how, how many orders you got going today so far? Two o'clock since, since eight o'clock this morning till two o'clock this afternoon, 575. 575 <laughs> orders that are going out UPS to, 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 to customers all over the country. That's amazing. That is amazing. And I even just yeah. think back to my, so I guess a little background for people listening. I went to your guys' uh, bread making class back in last fall. And even back then, um, you guys were, you know, like it was just you two. And then I think you had like a friend that was helping with recipes and yeah. whatnot. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, I, I remember back to like the packaging and whatnot. It was a completely different design. And like now you have yep. a completely consistent like uh the bags are beautiful even um i don't know i I just think it's really cool to see how much you guys have exploded even the last year and i think it's fantastic work you know we um um, it's been it's been a lot of hard work but when we have needed something like a building it kind mm -hmm. of was there when we've needed people the right people have shown up and um, so when we got ready to do our rebrand and our new packaging, um, I just happened to know a woman who was a really great designer. I belong to an organization that you might know around the Twin Cities called Women Who Really Cook. And uh, you don't have to be able to cook, um, obviously, because I don't. <laughs> you just have to be in the food business somehow. And, and I met this woman there. It's a really great networking um, organization and met her and she was so great to work with. And uh, yeah, there we are. Um, I guess another quick question too. So I remember too, back to back in like late fall when I last talked to you guys, a lot of your contacts were more commercial. So you're working with like Red Wagon, uh, I think Red Rabbit, Tenant, a bunch of other local uh co-ops and restaurants so with covid now and obviously consumer demand just exploding are you seeing yourself mixing and leaning more into that uh consumer side and less away from the commercial businesses or are you still seeing a increase in commercial too no we're no you know the 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 consumer side has really been forced upon us by the covid thing 
And, uh, and so we, we've embraced that. And, and so we're, we're geared up for customer service, you know, um, 200 emails a day answered sometimes. Wow. Uh, you know, so, so, we, so we've got a great customer service person now that's helping Marty with all that stuff. So uh, again, not by design, but just by circumstance, we were forced into doing these. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we do still do some we, wholesale. Yeah. yeah. Some of the restaurants are still, um, they've, they've had to pivot and do new things too, but they're still mm-hmm. buying from us. Um we're in a lot of the co-ops and uh, we've been in bulk in the co-ops, but now uh, our packages are getting on the shelves in a lot of places. So yeah, that's right. Phenomenon is uh, little farm stores that are popping up all over the country. And we probably get one or two inquiries a week. We've probably in the last two months started uh, with maybe 10 or 12 of them. And they're just uh, little, you know, little stores on the farm where people mm. in the, in the area can go and buy really good food. Um, wow. And I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. I, I got flour just this past week from a Wiseacre eatery, which I guess oh, yeah. is a little bit, a little bit yep. bigger than uh, the farms you're talking about, but still, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 same, same idea. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And then, uh, so Marty, I believe you're also kind of big into the recipes. And like, I remember back to the class, you, <laughs> one big thing you were talking about was, okay, when you're making sourdough, obviously a lot of times if you're feeding yeah. it on a regular basis, you yeah. end up with a lot of scraps and whatnot. And yeah. I remember at the yeah. time you were just kind of, you know, getting creative on how can we yeah. take all those scraps? So I'm, I'm curious, you know, uh, from back, you know, a year and a half ago to now, what are your top recipes and, you know, well, where have you kind of taken that? Yeah, I, um, you know, bread is still the top recipe. And <laughs> I have to say, we've dropped the ball a little bit on recipes because we've been so busy doing other things. We're finally now just getting back to that. Um, and this, this may be a little sacrilegious to those purists who bake their own um, handmade bread, but we were starting to get so many questions about, can this flour be used in a bread machine? And we had a bread machine maybe back in the seventies, the uh, first generation. And, um, you know, that lasted about a year. And um, <laughs> so I thought, well, you know, one of us better learn something about bread machines. So I bought one. Um, it's really Dave. kind of fun. And fun. yes, <laughs> the answer is yes, you can use this flour in a bread machine. And this is a new generation of bread machines. Yeah. It's, got, it's a lot more, lot more um, efficient at making bread. I'm than sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot more options. So we're just trying to bridge the gap between yeast bread and sourdough bread yeah. and the bread machine. Yeah. And that's going to take a little work. I'm trying to tweak that so we can make sourdough maybe bread make it work. Yeah. So in your guys' personal lives, are you, uh, <laughs> what are the normal types of breads or recipes, especially with the holidays right now? What are mm-hmm. you guys making? Is it just bread machine bread or? Uh, no, no, know. no. <laughs> oh, you know, I've, I've been starting to use a lot more rye. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, rye is something that Americans don't know much about because you either think it's the taste is caraway, which is caraway rye, which is really uh, 
caraway is a is, is a spice. It's, it's it's not you know so rice. It's, it's something that's that's great to learn about because it's a, it's a very nice grain, and so most rye bread is a percentage of of, of rye with along with white bread, white flour because rye by itself would be very heavy, mm-hmm. and. Um, so I've, I've been baking rye bread lately and I'm up to about 30% rye now, which is getting to be a pretty good number. And it's pretty nice. nice it's, it's a nice loaf of bread. It's delicious. And, uh, and it's got an extra kick of flavor because of the rye. Oh yeah. Actually, my favorite one that he does is about, it's about what, 60% white, 20% whole wheat and 20% rye. Yeah. Huh. And that's. That's so, another just that you can just experiment forever with those combinations. Yeah. So do you mainly do the experimentation and like what types of flour you're and percentages of that? Or do you also start to throw in more berries and, uh, I don't know, grains and whatnot too? or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We do some of that. We yeah. Do, yeah. We, you know, we, 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 baking is a constant experiment. Believe me. <laughs> <Yeah>. Of course. <laughs> Which is fun. Did you guys, and I noticed you have a lot of, not, well, a bunch of other products for like pancake mix and pizza dough, yeah. um, or flour for pizza dough. Were you? Did you guys always have that stuff, or is this a new recent addition to your line of products? Um, oh, we've had the pizza flour for a long time. Mm-hmm. We've had the pancake mix for Forever. two or three years. Oh, no, for longer now. Yeah, maybe longer yeah. than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, after what the things that are new are, we have three shapes of pasta right now that we're making. I saw that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. And those are selling really well. And then we have some mixes that are going to come out after the first of the year. Does, like do these biscuit, brought, yeah, biscuit yeah. Mix. Oh. Huh. We've been perfecting those babies down and uh, they're ready to go to the market. We, we test them with our employees, our friends, and um, they work very nicely. The biscuit, the biscuits. Biscuit, biscuit mix. Biscuit mix, a scone mix, and a bran muffin mix. That's Those awesome. are the three. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was getting to, like with your experimenting in home at home baking and all that. Does that kind of lead to your new products that you guys might straight from the kitchen post. to the website? Yeah, straight from the kitchen right to the <laughs> website. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And right now we have more ideas than we have time. <laughs> For sure. Well, that's always a good thing. It's always good to have yeah, some more ideas. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. do you have a favorite thing you like to make that you always have around or always want to have in the house? Your go-to everyday bread? Yeah. Is it the right? Uh, you know, our bread blend is what I go yeah. to, is my go-to. If I'm not experimenting and I just want a good loaf of bread, uh, our bread blend is, 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 uh, is a, makes a great loaf of bread. That's, you know, that's our, that's our mainstay, I think. So Daryl bakes all the bread uh, other than the machine bread that I make every now and then, but <laughs> yeah, and I bake everything else. So I bake what I call the other and, um, for almost everything, cookies, quick breads, cakes, everything. I use our whole wheat pastry flour. Mm-hmm. It's so light. You can use it. Um, mm-hmm. people don't know that it's whole wheat. It's a really great way to get people to eat whole wheat who think they don't like whole wheat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it, it's great. So it's a, it's a unique flour if you're, if you, if, for making a white sauce or for flouring, uh, before you fry anything. It's, it's amazing. That's it's it's a just a nut. Yeah. Well, and I, and I, I don't know why it's because it's whole wheat, I think, but, okay. uh, it's white enough. It doesn't brown things real uh, up much more. 
and uh, but it adds a, a lot of flavor and, and, and texture. It's just it's just really a, a, a amazing in that in, for for, for yeah. those uses. Uh, we were surprised. I one time a year or so ago, I made a white sauce and I used that because it was handy, and I didn't expect it to do anything. And it was, I said, it tasted like silk. It was so smooth and creamy and it was a whole wheat and you know the if we had more time we would do a lot more experimenting because mm -hmm. there's so many things to learn about all of this mm -hmm. so we're spoon feeding the public whole wheat <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <I'll take> <laughs> little by little here yeah. yeah because people people i swear you know they just don't like whole wheat very well but oh, yeah. there, there's whole wheat in our in our in our bread blend for sure there's whole wheat in our pasta, but I'm not going to tell you how much. <laughs> and, there's, and there's whole wheat in our pizza flour, and I'm not going to tell you how much. A trade but, secret. Uh, but, but yeah, it's our secret. That's cool. But I mean, yeah, we, we are trying to just add more whole wheat, and we're trying to get people to eat more whole wheat because it's better for you. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, and I'm interested. Are there any other flowers? But obviously, you get. It sounds like you have a lot of blends on the way. Um, but I also noticed you have like the rye flower. Um, are there any other like unique, specific types of flower that you kind of see down the road adding uh, to your selection? We'll add more varieties, and uh, as we get time to <laughs> learn about them, you know, get 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 them in, make flour out of them, and more bake heritage with, bake, bake with them. It'll all be yeah. heritage wheat. Yeah. You know, at, at some point, I think we'll. We'll grind some einkorn and and maybe do some blending with it and stuff like that. It's a name that people understand and like, uh, mm -hmm. and it's been on our list to do for a long time. We just haven't had time to do it. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I guess my uh, last question for you guys is just, do you have uh, any, I don't know. It sounds like you guys are sold out for right now. Well, you have some online, but like, where, what are the next big plans for you guys? Are you expanding production? Are you... Uh, cruising with what you got. I don't know. I'm excited for it's you guys. It's hard to tell what's coming. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. What do you guys The answer is yes to all of it. <laughs> we <laughs> first. But we have lots of ideas. Um, we have lots of great people to help us. And um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, 2021 brings. Yeah. It'd be <laughs> great to get back to classes again. Yeah. That's oh for my sure. gosh. Definitely. It's yeah. It's always been a, uh, a source of entertainment for Marty and I because we've been so busy with the class with the, with the mill that the classes have become our our socializing almost yeah. because it, it always after the class we do the pizzas and the wine and whatever and it, and it's it's just a great time and uh, we are missing that believe me yeah you're you're killing me because I remember very specifically your pizza oven in the back and just yes, yeah. it was that constant stream of just fantastic <laughs> yeah. pizzas uh, that you guys were whipping I'm up and like oh my gosh <laughs> well when when we can start having company again you guys will have to come out of course yeah I yeah. know I'm all, very hungry we'll bring all, we all our start, friends <laughs> when we all start yeah. when we are, are are all able to socialize again I'm gonna light that pizza oven permanently for uh, <laughs> several weeks. I'm telling you right now. Totally. It's, going an, it's going to be an open house out here. That'd Come be by. awesome. Come That'd by. be awesome. Yeah, that's worth the trip right there. You sold me. Yeah, so. you did. Right. <laughs> Sounds All right. good. Well, thank you very much, guys, for sitting down to chat with us. Definitely. I appreciated this so much. Yeah, it was yeah. really nice to talk to you guys. Yeah.
that was Daryl and Marty of Sunrise Flower Mill. Thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, we could not have done this alone. Uh, big thank yous this week, especially to Jeremy Bird and the rest of the Blackberry Boys. Wonderful music, still rocking it. Um, Brian Jarvis, thank you so much for that logo. I really appreciate it. I think it looks more awesome every week. I'm a little biased, though. Uh, thank you to Jake Mowry and Renee Oakerson on the ideas that we continue to get. And of course, me and Johan Oakerson on the photo shoot that we're still using photos of today. And of course, two more thank yous. Uh, a first and foremost thank you to uh, Daryl and Marty for being on the chat with us. And then, of course, the listeners. You guys have actually made it this far. Three episodes. Props to you. You guys are real stars. All right. See you guys next week.